0: Coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show.
1: My memories of them are from about five to eight years old of them being together. And these memories include them fighting, name calling, ghosting, screaming, and yelling at each other. Basically, I noticed I have these same tendencies with my family today and even my girlfriend.
0: Oh, man. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, what's up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Hey, this is a show helping you figure out what in the world is going on with your marriage, what's going on with your kids, what's going on with the world around you, your mental health, your physical health, whatever's going on in your life. That's what this show is for. We're helping millions of people get their lives back, get their marriages back, get their kids back, get their bodies and minds working again. And we are here for you. So thank you so much for joining us. If you want to be on the show, give me a buzz at 1-844-693-3291. It's 1-844-693-3291 or go to johndeloney.com slash ask. And I want to particularly thank our sponsors with Thorne, T-H-O-R-N-E, the best supplements on the planet, what I've been taking, me and my family have been taking for years. Go to thorne.com slash U, just a letter, slash Deloney. That's Thorn.com slash U slash Deloney. And we have jacked it up 25% off everything, everything. And that's our gift to you. Uh, We want you to get the supplements you need, great quality stuff, uh, world class supplements um, from a world class company at a great, great price. All right, let's go out to uh, Utah and talk to brother Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hello, Don. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How about
1: you? I'm doing really well.
0: Excellent, excellent.
1: What's up? Well, today I came to you with a question. I'm wondering uh, how do I eliminate unhealthy, emotionally charged behaviors in my relationships with my family and significant others when I'm hurt and frustrated. Cool, man. How old are you?
0: Uh, I'm 21. 21. What's emotional charge? What does that look like in real life?
1: Well, I want to give you a little bit of background on this. Okay. So uh, when I was eight years old, my parents ended up splitting up. Okay. That means my memories of them are from about five to eight years old of them being together. And these memories include them fighting, name-calling, ghosting, screaming, and yelling at each other. And that's, you know, what I learned to be normal. And um, basically, I noticed I have these same tendencies with my family today, and even my girlfriend. And I just, you know, they, these these were my normal relationship uh, situations. And so, how do I fix that?
2: Oh man. How how
0: much honesty can you handle today? Uh, I think I can handle a lot. A little bit or a lot? Are, you, I, are Are you? If if I lay it on pretty good, will we still be friends? Uh, I'm open to it. Yes. Okay. Um, you mentioned the word tendency a lot. I want to throw that word out and never use it again. Okay. Your parents um, beat each other up physically and metaphorically, I mean, and, and, and psychologically and emotionally. Okay. That happened. You saw all of that. And you also, even at a young age, knew that's not right. It scared you. It's the only picture you had, but you knew it wasn't right. And so I want to fast forward to you're a 21 year old, you're an adult, and screaming and yelling and carrying on and being over emotional with someone that you care about with anybody, much less your girlfriend. I want to take mom and dad out now. Okay. I, I don't want to continue to call back to, well, this is just, I know it's just a tendency I have. No, you're screaming and yelling and being abusive to your girlfriend. Stop.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that fair? I think so. Yes. Okay. I know. So tell me why you're struggling. Cause you know, this hurts her. You don't feel good after you're done screaming and hollering and and acting the fool. Why do you continue to do it? What does it get you?
1: Uh, you know, it doesn't get me anywhere and it hurts me too. But in the moment, it just feels so natural, I guess. It gets you something. What is it? Otherwise
2: you wouldn't keep doing it. Um, I guess
1: it puts me in a in a position of power over her sometimes. Okay.
0: And that keeps you from feeling small and little and scared like that five year old little boy was when mom and dad were screaming and smashing things? Yeah. Does your girlfriend deserve to be treated like this? No, she doesn't. Does anybody want to
1: change it? Nobody does.
0: Okay. Your parents cannot change your situation in the present. So let's stop talking about them. We know we've done the tracing. We know where it's from. And now we just got to come to the present. How um, how in are you on making a change here? I'm in. 100%. It's hard. Because power is a, a really, really um, seductive mistress. Like if you told me you wanted to quit lying or quit uh, cheating or quit like, man, th- that's easier than turning off the addiction to this temporary feeling of power and strength. Yes, for sure. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to create a new identity starting right this second. Okay. From this point forward, Ryan is a guy who never yells. Ryan is a guy who never screams, who's never emotionally abusive. That's not the kind of guy you are. That's not who you are. Those are things that you never do. Mm-hmm. Say it.
1: I will never do those things. I
0: will never do that. No, I'll no, not no, no. At people. You're talking now, see you skipped a step. You went straight to actions. I don't want I want identity. I'm a guy who fill in the blank. Use your own words, not mine.
1: I'm a guy who loves people and treats them well.
0: Nope. Because you can love people and treat them well and also lose your mind and throw a temper tantrum and scream and yell. Who are you? Who are you going to be
2: from this point forward? I guess someone who... No, uh, no, no guessing.
0: Say it. Carl Ramrod, say it. I'm a guy who's going to take care to
1: make sure I'm mindful of people's emotions and... Take care of my own self.
0: Oh my gosh. Could you say it any more like me? <laughs> Ryan, I'm a guy who does not scream at anybody ever. I'm a guy that doesn't scream at people. Ever. Ever. I'm a guy who doesn't ever raise his voice because I'm not a child. I'm a man who
2: will not scream because I'm not a child anymore.
0: Okay. I'm a man who will love my girlfriend, my future wife. I'll love my kids with a deep respect. I'm never going to take that from them by trying to be overly powerful. You don't have to say all that, but you get what I'm saying? This is going to take an entire identity change because if you just try to change actions, what you're going to do is what most dads do. Most husbands do, most boyfriends do, and you're just going to channel it somewhere else. What do I mean by that? Instead of screaming and yelling and being all angry, you're going to just bury it deep inside your chest like a nuclear reactor. And everyone in the house is going to know you're in a bad mood, but you're not going to say anything. And then if she says, are are you okay? What's wrong? You're going to get all mad. Why are you always bothering me about me being in a bad mood? I'm fine. You're the one that keeps nagging me. See what I'm saying? It's the same exact thing. One is just done with silence and one is done with volume. So we're not going to focus so much right this second on just doing a couple of things differently. We're going to change who we are. And that starts with a proclamation. I will never yell at a person again. If that means in the middle of a fight or middle of a disagreement, or I feel it welling up inside of me, I'm going to look at her and say, I need five minutes, and you just sprint out the front door and go for a walk. That's what you're going to do. If that means you drop and do 20 push ups. If that means you take a knee and you say, Will you hold my hand? That means if you say, No more talking, I need, I need, we need to finish this tomorrow. Because I'm a guy who never yells. So, like, one of my core things, like I'm a guy who doesn't borrow money. I just don't borrow money. And so, Hey, we need this thing. Well, we're not going to get this thing. We're going to have to figure out another way to do it. I'm going to have to go sell something. I'm going to have fill in the blank. I'm going to have to take on another job. I'm going to have to take another shift. I'm going to have to take another speaking gig because I'm a guy who doesn't borrow money. So that means I've got to figure out another avenue. I've taken it completely off the table. And so that's the level of of identity shift. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, you have to decide, I'm going to catch myself when the feelings begin. And I'm going to take myself out of that situation. I'm going to ask myself, what is my body trying to protect me from? I can almost guarantee you, your body's trying to protect you from feeling powerless ever again because you felt it when you were a kid and you never want to feel it again. Am I right or wrong? you correct. Yeah. Part of being in a relationship is sometimes being um, the, feeling small. It's part of it. And the way to rebalance the power or the, 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 not the power, the way to rebalance your relationship is not ripping somebody else down by their hair and bringing them down below you. That's not it. Sometimes it's just standing up. You get that? Mm-hmm. So give me, a, give me, a, play it out for me, play out the scenario. Um, what, what's the last, when's the last time you yelled and screamed and found yourself just in a rage? What happened? I don't know. Like guess, something um, happened recently, that's what you're calling, right?
2: It's been a little it's been a little while. But um
1: yeah, I guess I guess the situation that I have is like um, I was uh we we were gonna clean up her car, right? And um she had another option from one of her friends who was gonna go to help her, but she wasn't like figuring it out and I kinda just lost it. I raised my voice. I didn't yell or anything, I raised my voice for sure. About cleaning the car? I was like, yeah,
0: I know. so stupid. What about it? What about that moment made you raise your voice? What were you trying to communicate?
3: I guess
1: I was trying to say that I'm trying to, you know, do something for her. Um, And when she has another option, but is not exploring it or trying to help me with that, I was like, I feel like I don't know what to do. That was my first response. Was to raise my voice and get frustrated
0: at her. I don't think your first response is to raise your voice to get frustrated with her. I think your first response is to raise your voice so that you can get those that your mom and your dad to look at you. Will somebody please look at me? Because I'm scared. I'm hurting. And mom and dad chose other options. And so when your girlfriend has another option, your body just goes to terror mode, and you have to learn to be an adult and say. We were scared when we were five, but now I'm 21. Now I'm 22. Now I'm 30. Now I'm 40. I don't kick and scream like a child anymore. I acknowledge, whoa, whenever she has another option, it makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel less than. Man, yellsers. I need to choose to, not f- to, to, to work on that, to not feel like that. I need to reach back out and say, hey, you have a million options. I'd love to help you with your car. If you don't want my help, that's great. I'm going go to go do something else. That you choosing peace, not
2: choosing war. You get the difference? Yes, yeah, sir.
0: Do you want that? Of course I want that. I've got some buddies that just love chaos. They just love it, man. Like they're content to die like, just in chaos. And I don't I don't understand it. i I'm, I'm just always wanting a more and more peaceful life. Um, here's the thing that's worked for me. When I feel my body taken off on me. I literally will take my open hand and put it on my chest. I'll take a deep breath and I will ask myself, what is my body trying to protect me from? It is almost never. It's almost never my wife. It's almost never my kids. It's almost always a feeling of I'm feeling powerless. I'm feeling less than. I'm feeling not important. And that's my issue, not theirs. It's my issue, not theirs. Sounds like you spent a long time, a lot of years, blaming your late teen and early adulthood behaviors and actions and choices on your parents. Let's don't do that anymore. As Jocko says, let's take full ownership. Let's take extreme ownership. I'm Ryan. I'm 21 years old. I'm an adult. I'm old enough to buy beer. From this point forward, I'm a guy who... Treats people with dignity and respect. From this point forward, I'm a guy who never raises his voice because only children raise their voice unless they're trying to keep somebody from falling off a bridge or getting hit by a car or something. I don't raise my voice. It's just not who I am. It's not how I solve problems. And I'm a guy that when my body starts to take off on me, I feel it and I own it. And by the way, this is just me being vulnerable and honest. On Sunday, man, I was grumpy. I wasn't feeling, I was just feeling low, just like a bum. Um, my son and I, um, I, my daughter got a trampoline for Christmas and it's been sitting in the garage. I haven't had time to fix it. And my son has been asking me, can we get that up? Can we get that up? Can we? And I wanted a, I wanted a break. And my son comes bebopping in. Dad, can we put up the trampoline today? And I was like, you know what? Fine, let's just do it now. And, he's like, and I, he said, whoa, it's okay, dad. We don't have to do it today. He knew it. He could feel it on me. I was like, no, nope, you keep asking. Let's just get this done. We went outside and I was grumpy. We got it done. I never raised my voice and never yelled. I never got mad, but I was, a, I was a nuclear reactor. And then yesterday was Monday. My son got home from school and he was walking through like, hey, dad. And I just said, hold on. Come here, come here, come here. And he said, what happened? And he kind of froze like he was in trouble. And I said, hey, you are not in trouble. And I grabbed both sides of his face with my hands and I held his face. And I said, yesterday, I was really just in a mood. It had nothing to do with you. That was about me. One of my favorite things about you is you kept, kept, kept asking, Hey dad, can we do something together? Can we do something together? Can we do something together? Can we build this thing? Cause I know our family is going to love having trampoline back out there. Can we do this thing together? Thank you for not giving up on me, son. My grumpiness was about me, not you. I was so fun getting to put that together with you. And he said, thanks, dad. And he went to the next room. I said, I was sorry. You're gonna have to say you're sorry a lot, Ryan, because you're practicing a whole new way of life. Let me tell you, every second of it is worth it. Put the effort in. When you're 23, 24, you're not gonna be this guy anymore. You're gonna practice, you're gonna have worked on it. You're gonna grind, grind, scrape your knuckles up, but you're gonna be a guy who doesn't yell and scream. You're gonna be a guy who owns his feelings treats people with dignity and respect. And it is the person, you're going to be the person who changes the family curse forever. It's not going to be fun, but it's going to be worth it. We'll be right back. One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest? Maybe it's a deep secret that you've never told anyone, or maybe it's something that happened to you, or maybe it's something you've done and you're deeply ashamed about it. You're worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption in every part of your life, all of us, every single one of us have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this always, secrets will kill you, but it's often so hard to know where to start or even how to say these things. Therapy is a safe and effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get these heavy things off my chest and figure out what to do next. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time, and it doesn't cost any extra money. Listen, it's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Deloney today to get ten percent off your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p dot com slash deloney. All right, let's go to Laura in Spokane, Washington. What's up, Laura? Um, doing well. How are you? I'm I'm great. Life all right? Y'all doing okay? Um,
4: yeah, shaking a little bit.
0: <laughs> oh good grief. Um, don't don't be but, shaking.
4: Don't shake. Yeah, I, I... I've, um, I've got my feet on the ground. I'm taking deep breaths.
0: (laughs) There you go.
2: Perfect. Perfect. What's up? How can I help?
4: So, um, my question is, uh, something I've been struggling with for a decade now, which is I'm homesick for Hawaii. And, um, a lot of people in my family experience the same thing. Um, and, I've been trying to handle it by getting in touch with my community here and um, just you know, uh, sort of hustling to get into the community and make friends, and uh it's difficult here and there, um, but uh, the homesickness'll uh, it'll, it'll set me into just depression for on weekends at a time.
0: Um, You've been feeling it for a decade, huh? Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you a crazy question about homesickness. Okay. Okay. It's about 10 years ago. How old are you now? 30. Okay. Oh man. Perfect. So tell me about 20 year old Laura. Who was she? What was she going to be when she grew up? What does she want to do? Tell me about her. Was she beautiful? <sighs> um, was she crazy? Was <laughs> she always making out with everybody? Like tell me all about Laura.
4: Oh my gosh. No. Yeah, I mean, Yes. 20 year old Laura moved to San Francisco. Okay. Uh, uh, because she had a dream of working in the film industry. Okay. Which is something that didn't exist essentially where I came from. Um, it, it's kind of known if you want to get education, you go to the mainland, okay. you go seek it out. And everyone said, you can always come back, but it's unaffordable. It's um, practically impossible.
2: Um, Tell me about about 18-year-old Laura.
4: 18? Um, Oh, gosh. So uh, 18-year-old Laura was uh, jumping into freshwater pools, uh, going to the beach uh having fun with all my buddies uh just family um, family surrounded by family
2: you have
0: grandparents um, cousins, brothers sisters
4: yep, yep. Okay. um, and uh my immediate family's all moved with me okay. along the way, except for my grandparents who are still there um and uh, they always say that they're the abandoned grandparents.
0: <laughs> of course, grandparents are wonderful um, um, passport agents for guilt trips. Yeah, <laughs> they're wonderful at that. <laughs> Everybody yeah. just my, left us. My grandma this, was guess. born there. Exactly.
4: So she's
0: yeah. Um, most of the time, not always. Now, let's. I want to categorize it. Like you're talking about Hawaii. Okay. So
3: Yeah.
0: It's the most beautiful place on planet Earth. Can we agree on that? Yes. I was just hanging out with my friends this weekend and they are from Hawaii. And just listening to them discuss it, it sounds magic. I've never been. It sounds mm-hmm. not real. Yeah. And everything not real from like the cleanliness of the air in certain parts of the certain islands to the pace everyone's just kind of Mm -hmm. a notch slower. to the food is so fresh. Like it was swimming this morning and we're eating it tonight. Like all of it to deep, deep family roots. Like he was explaining to me how this this part of the family came over from Japan and this part. Like, I want you to know leaving that is very, very real. Okay? Okay. That's that's number one. You're not crazy. The second thing is a more general statement of when I hear people talk about their homesick, they miss what they're often telling me is they miss the person they were before they left.
3: Ah, I see.
0: And the environment was a context, but often so was the age. When you said 20, I was like, yep. One of the coolest guys ever was 18 to 20 year old John. That guy ruled. Because he thought he ruled. He was an idiot, like a punk skinny moron, but he thought he was awesome. And the rules didn't apply and he could jump in pools and be silly and go on dates. That, and so I'm homesickness for, I'm homesick for him and his carefree attitude and the possibilities that were endless ahead of me. And I always think if I just go back to that town and that place where I was, I can reclaim that. And it never works out because, yeah, because my John in his 40s, he goes with him. Mm -hmm. And that guy's tired, has two kids, been married a long time. You know, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, Mm -hmm. it doesn't like my hair. I don't like my haircut. Like it's just, it's just the same, right? That guy, that guy goes with me. Yeah. And so my question for you is do you miss Hawaii and do you miss your family roots and do you have this deep call to, get back to um like a family legacy that can be very very real and yeah. or man do you miss that laura that a whole world was possibilities and you were going to go make it in the film you were going to be the one that got out and went and did this wild stuff on the mainland and then brought all this money and joy and excitement and fame back and now you're 30 year old laura and you're like got a job <laughs> you got insurance, mm-hmm. right? It, it's
4: yeah. You miss that person. Is, is
0: that what it is? <laughs>
4: yeah, I bartend nights and I have two toddlers.
0: Oh my God! Uh, so see,
4: stay yeah. at home during the day, take care of them and the chores, and then go to work and uh, serve. Uh, a lot of people like to bring their uh, their problems to me too.
0: <laughs> so is there is there a sense that in some ways? now especially with two toddlers and especially with your service job you're living somebody else's life
4: yeah it feels like that
0: sometimes i bet it feels like that a lot i don't want to tell you how you're feeling but i bet if you were honest with yourself you would most of your day is spent making sure everyone else's life is okay
3: yeah
4: actually the other night i said Um, you know, if I wanted to work in hospitality, I would have stayed on the island (laughs) because you can make a hundred, you know, a table a night. I was going to say, yeah,
0: your tips would have been way more, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Here's what, here's a third, even wackier on top of these two layers that I've given you a third one. Um, it wasn't until like within a hundred years and especially it wasn't in, in until like the last, I don't know, 30 or 40, maybe 50 years, that there were cameras everywhere and videos everywhere. And our brains have some really remarkable built-in ways of slowly letting memories fade. And they take, they move into our bodies and they're not so acute and not so painful. We remember how we felt on the beach, but we don't remember like the exact, whatever they look like, right? Mm -hmm. And now we have bypassed that and we go back to it and go back to it and go back to it. We scan, we scan, we scan, we look at old photos, we look at old photos, we look at old videos, we look at new photos, at new videos. We see, you see new 18 year old Laura's running around on Hawaii and you remember you, you see what I'm saying? So we've kind of hacked our brain's natural way of moving on from heartache and from memories And we keep dragging our our brain back through the mud and be like, yeah, but remember this? And we keep bringing it back up and it doesn't know what to do because this is new technology, right? And so we have all three of these things. Here's my question for you. When's the last time you asked yourself with, with true honesty, what do I actually want with my
2: one tiny precious little life?
4: I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Lately. Yeah. um,
0: I'm going to tell you this. Running to a location probably won't give that to you. Okay. It might. It might. Maybe, let me be super clear. It might. Changing environments may be exactly what you need. But my guess is, uh, or what I promise you is if you pack up right today and you move to Hawaii tomorrow and I gave you a million dollars and you just, you had no money worries. 30-year-old Laura would go back to the island with your frustrations, mm-hmm. with your, I haven't grieved over the fact that I was going to make it in the industry and I got two little toddlers. Not a bad life, a great life, in fact, but just different. Not, what I, not, not how mm-hmm. I drew it up. I have to remind myself mm-hmm. that on occasion because it was no. Ne- <laughs> I'm a freaking YouTuber now, Laura. That's my job. <laughs> That's my job. I was never in the cards. That wasn't the plan. And here we are, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. I wanted to be, I was going to be a college president. That was going to be what I did. And sometimes I have to remind myself, I I, I intentionally chose a different track. I went a different way. And it's my life's going to look very different than it did. And it, it's all good. It's all good. It's just going to look different, right? Mm-hmm. So you've been asking yourself the question, what do you want?
3: And I think, I think, I'm going in a
4: positive direction because I'm, I'm hustling really hard to get into um, to helping others get their films made out here.
0: Oh, my gosh. You're the most pragmatic mother of two. Stop being pragmatist for a second. What do you want to do, Laura? Fast forward oh 36 months. 36 months. It's, very, it's a blink of an eye. Three years, 36 months. Fast forward to me there. Where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? Okay.
4: That's, that's a really tough question. No,
0: <laughs> it, you have it. Right when I said it, it came right to you. You know exactly where you want to be. You just don't want to say it out loud because you've said it before and it didn't work out. Where do you want to be?
4: Helping my community.
0: Oh, okay. my gosh.
4: I, that's more, how it feels. I, I feel like I want, I want community. I want more community.
0: You want friends? You want neighbors? What does that mean? What does community mean? Be very specific.
4: Um, a
0: Dungeons and Dragons group. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I knew it. You're kind of weird. And you got to be able to say that out loud.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Actually. Yeah. It's
4: really funny. Um, it's not funny. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a weirdo. Yeah, we are. A
0: weirdo. I like to get together with my buddies and watch grown men punch each other in the face for money. I like we watch mm. fights all the like. That's insane. It's dumb that we do that. And I do it every week. Like, I do it all the time. This weekend I'm going to see a punk rock show. I'm in my 40s. I'm too old for this. I'm going anyway, and I'm probably going to get hurt just like I did last time, and it will be worth Like <laughs> We're all weird, and you look like that, is, you like... that is
4: right on That is right on the level with me. I am like... Punk rock show sounds awesome. <laughs>
0: and, and then right after the show, you're going to sit down and look at cards about like wizards and, and, and swords <laughs> and stuff and sparkle things. I don't know what they... I don't know. I've never played. Yeah, but no. here, here's the deal. Um, I got a a great friend named Wes and he's from the Island and he cooks mm. incredible dishes. Oh
4: yeah.
0: You know whose house <laughs> I never say no to when they invite me to dinner? My friend Wes. A hundred percent of the time he's asked me dinner. I go.
4: Does he give you malasadas? I don't
0: That's even know what that means, questions. but he gives me lots of delicious oh. things. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I don't ask as many questions. So here's the thing. If you started a weekly Dungeons and Dragons group and you said, I'm offering food. Are you, are you, are you married? I am. Okay. If you told husband, hey, we're going to start putting some money in the budget because we're going to start having people over and you might have to find things to do. In fact, I need you to take care of the kids because once a week I'm putting on my uh, wizard warrior hat. I don't know what you wear to play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm putting on my cape and uh, we're getting weird. We're going to get super weird up in here in this house and I'm making some great Hawaiian food and I'm having people over. Within six months, you would have a gang that would go to real war with you, not just Dungeons and Dragons War. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: But you have to be intentional about creating the life that you want to have. And then there's going to come a moment when Laura, who loves who she has become in whatever environment she is in, might want to go back to Hawaii. Great. Or Mm -hmm. might be completely at peace just visiting
2: Hawaii. See what I'm saying? Yes. What's holding you back from creating a whole new world where you are? Uh, time. Ah, I don't that's buy that. A, that's, you got two knuckleheads. That's mm. for sure. What else? Mm. I fear probably
0: there too. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you this. the greatest, the, the greatest gift you can give your kids is your presence. The second greatest gift you can give your kids is you go be well and you go hang out with friends and you sit down with your husband and say, we have two little ones. Our marriage is different now. And I want a rambunctious, fun, wild, weird Dungeons and Dragons life. I want a great sex life again. I want to be crazy and silly again. I want all that stuff again. And we're going to have to figure out how to do that. Mm Because you keep thinking back to when I was 18, when I was 19 and the world was standing before me. And I want to tell you at 30, the world is still standing right in front of you. Okay. It's just a little weirder now.
3: Definitely weirder.
0: <laughs> you got two kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> and your husband yeah. does his accounting job or whatever he's doing. Who knows what he's doing, but it's just different now, but the world is still standing right in front of you. And you get one shot, you get one opportunity. And I sound like Eminem right now. You get one path. That's it. You get one Go. And it's easy, you're at, a, you're at a crossroads right now, Laura, that I hear over and over and over and over. You get two kids, you're married, you just find yourself doing the same thing over and over again, and suddenly you're going to blink and you're going to be 43. And you can either be 43 with some young teenage kids who are always rolling their eyes because their mom is so fun and silly and goofy and holds them accountable, And her and dad are always closing the door in the middle of the afternoon and being all weird and turning the music up. God knows what they're doing in there because that's the kind of house we have. Or you can have a husband who's a roommate, kids who are just staring at their screens in the room. You get to choose the life. You get to choose it. You get to choose it. You are worth that choice. You're worth that choice. You're worth that choice. It's going to be an adventure moving forward, Laura. You're worth every penny of it. Take your husband out for breakfast this week and said, hey, I talked to this uh, goofball on a podcast. And everything's about to be different around here. Hope you'll join me. We'll be right back. All right, let's go back to my hometown, home of the Houston Astros, and talk to Lynn in Houston. What's up, Lynn? Hey,
5: how are you?
0: Partying. How are you?
5: I'm doing good. Thanks for taking my call.
0: Of course. Thanks for calling. What are you doing? What's up?
5: Um, so my question is, how do I learn to trust my husband again and to be vulnerable in my marriage to move forward after discovering lies and secrets that my husband has been keeping for years?
0: Uh, gosh, I'm sorry. How long have y'all been married?
5: We've been married nine years.
0: Okay. Tell me, tell so, me the secrets. What would what's, you find?
5: So in 2020, we were uh, refinancing our house and I found a large debt on our debt to wealth ratio statement. And when I questioned my husband about it, I found out that he had been hiding about $60,000 in credit card debt since
0: 2016. What was he spending that money on?
5: He had tried to start a side business or a construction business um, after he had gotten laid off. And... Um, I didn't know that he wasn't making enough to cover his expenses. And so he was just putting things on credit cards and not telling me about it. And interest would hit and it would get bigger and then interest would hit and get bigger and it just snowballed out of control.
0: How long did this last?
5: Um, it started in 2016. I first found out about it in 2020. Um, he told me that he had it under control. He had, gotten a line of credit he was working to pay it off it was gonna be gone within 18 months it's you know not to worry about it the next year in 2021 we tried to buy some land and through that process i found out that he did not have under control and he was continuing to rack up more debt
0: i'm calling bullcrap on the business expense there's something else going on here like I, I, I would ask for an itemized list report of the things that were purchased on those on those on those balance sheets, whether it's the line of credit purchases or on the credit card statements. Sixty thousand dollars. Because otherwise there'd be assets that you could see, like a truck or a tractor or a bunch of tools. Mm-hmm.
3: Right.
0: what well, he would say is he
5: would he would move it over to a zero interest credit card. Then he wouldn't get it paid off in time. And then all the back interest would hit.
0: I, I know, but it, it, you're there. talking $60,000. Yeah. There's something else at play. Is he, has he,
2: is he seeing somebody? Well, not that I'm aware of at that time. <laughs> but now.
5: <laughs> so, so, okay. So
2: he's also, seeing somebody now.
5: Well, about six months ago, I found out that he was having a well. He claims an emotional affair. He says nothing physical happened with a coworker.
0: Here's why. Here's why you can't trust because you know in your guts you're not getting the full story.
3: Mm-hmm. Don't you? Yes.
0: You know it. You've known this dude for more than a decade, right? Yeah. And you know well, you're not it's getting it's the full story.
3: Years. How? How long? Twenty years.
2: You know you're not getting the full story.
3: hmm
0: Why haven't you demanded the full story? You haven't, because you're scared. Why?
5: Well, I tried. I I honestly, like, when I found out about this girl, I hold I hold on, talk I talk directly into in your phone up. for me. Oh, sorry, can you hear me? Yeah. When I found out about this girl, I I tried to demand the whole story and like really begged for it. And
2: I, I feel like I just maybe got the full story of about a month ago. Maybe I, I don't know. I, at this point, I don't know what to believe anymore, which is why I'm calling you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I, I he's not on the phone to defend himself, and so I can throw grenades at him all day long. I don't. I don't like to be that guy. I don't think he's telling you the truth. And I think there's something else. Usually when somebody racks up this kind of debt, it's one of two things. And it does happen in construction. So I want to give that. There's usually significant assets. There's big purchases that were made. Like I'm starting a construction company or a lawn company there in Houston. I got to get the biggest Dooley truck, whatever, and the nicest mowers. But there's stuff, right? Stuff that we can go sell or that it's hard to hide because it's sitting right here, right? There's that. Or there's somebody buying hotel rooms and purses and small trips for other people on a credit card. And that happens and you don't get caught. And then it happens again and you don't get caught. And then it happens again. And suddenly you're running um, some businessy debt-ish, sort of-ish, and you're running some personal life stuff. And we're going to the baseball game and we're doing some stuff and I'm, gonna be out late or I can't come home this weekend or we're going to this thing over the weekend the job's got crazy so I'm just getting a hotel and I'll be here tonight and those things happen year after year after year and all of a sudden somebody goes to get a loan for a small thing and it's huge I hope beyond all hope I'm wrong on that okay
3: Mm
0: -hmm. I hope I'm wrong but something tells me you know you haven't got the full story on that money And something tells me you haven't trusted him for a long, long time. So the only person I can can say anything to is you because you're on the phone. And so I'm going to ask you like a super direct question. What do you need to see with your own eyes so that you can exhale? Because you haven't exhaled in months and months and months, if not years. Is it text messages? Is it bank statements? What do you need to see?
5: Yeah, I mean honestly, I'm I've, I've been more upset about this relationship with this other woman than I ever did about the finances.
2: Why? Why?
5: I don't know. I guess because I, I found the Ramsey plan. There was like there was a there was a plan to fix it. There was a path. You know?
0: But it but there, it, there's no he path was never up and finish. up about the dishonesty. I'm sorry. He was never up and up about the dishonesty. Yeah. Like okay, so you've got the money thing, you've got the emotional affair with the coworker, and that's not right. it happens all the time, right so I mean it's a i would it's not a deal breaker in a relationship it's not a it's not a marriage deal breaker, it's not a dating deal breaker. Those things happen, we sit down, we work through them, um, and we figure them out, okay so I, I'm not minimizing that at all, but also you would not be calling me and saying is this thing over? How do I come back from this? If it was just that, if it was just a few months, he was close to somebody at work. They shared a few laughs. They got, they exchanged texts that they probably shouldn't exchange, started hiding stuff. Um, Like that wouldn't lead to this. So there's something else going on. What else do you feel he's not honest with you about fully?
5: Well, I mean, a few weeks ago, or I guess about a month ago, we came to Austin for the Austin Conference. And he's been doing um, a bunch of side work to help pay off all this debt. And so he's been working a lot in a single woman's home. And so I got insecure and was asking questions about their relationship and, you know, I, is she attractive and those kinds of things. And then not two days later, I find deleted text messages Between them,
2: where he had taken my insecurities and shared them with her.
3: Hmm. That
0: sucks. Was it in a mocking way, kind of making fun of you a little bit, or or we're getting caught?
5: It was. Well, I mean, according to him, I mean, all all I saw was like her text message that said um, something along the lines of like, you know, thinking about your wife's question. I I would never. You're an honest family man. I would never, you know, interrupt your precious family. And so apparently he told her that like when we were in Austin, she came up and I started asking how if she was pretty and, you know, according to him, he just wanted to make sure that the professional lines were there, which is BS, but that's the story.
0: You know, that's not true.
2: Yes, I do. Okay. But that's all I'm able to get out of him. So are you just going to settle? I don't know. I don't want to. I mean, we have two children.
5: Mm-hmm. To add on to this, like I have a chronic disease that like I don't think we really dealt with.
2: And so there's just a lot of layers. Yeah. Did he ever agree to go to marriage counseling with you? We have our second session on Thursday. What was the
0: first session like? Just introductory?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Here's what I would do if I was you. Like I'm just trying to fast forward myself and like pick myself up and put myself in your shoes. And I'm with somebody that I built a life with. I'm with somebody that I love. They've been, at this point, how old are you?
5: 37.
0: Okay. You've known him longer than you haven't known him, right?
3: Yeah.
0: Like he's one of your arms and one of your legs at this point. And so it's hard to face the truth about that. But here we are. And I would write down, I would spend a couple of days writing down, where are the things, if I go back over the last five or 10 or 15 years, where are the things that something came up and my first thought was, that's not right. But I just blew it off.
2: I just passed it over. I didn't dig in any further. I want you to write those things down. And
0: here's the key. He opened the door with his financial infidelity. And I'm using that word intentionally. He was deceitful. He cheated on you with money and it impacts you because your name is on all the things. And it impacted your refi. It impacted this dream of owning land that you had. And then he told you he had another plan. He was working on it. And you come to find out he not only lied about having a plan, he dug the hole deeper. And then he had an emotional affair with somebody at work. And then you went with your intuition. You trusted that gut, your, that voice in your gut, and you called him out on somebody at work, uh, some woman's house he's working in. And he clearly had some sort of secondary conversation with her that was, seemed strange and off book, and he wanted to make sure you didn't see it. And those are just the few you've told me about in these five minutes. And I want you to write those things down. And when you sit down with a therapist, I want you to say, I can't go forward in this marriage until I get some truthful answers. And I don't feel like you've been telling me the truth for a long, long time. Because you and him can come up with all the new conversation strategies and communication strategies and all this stuff, but you, are, you don't feel like the ground underneath you is solid, right? Right. I can hear it in your voice. You think you're crazy. You're not crazy.
2: You're not crazy.
0: You've been moved around and shuffled and kind of pushed to the side. You've kind of been treated like you're dumb for a long time. She's too dumb.
2: And I don't think you're dumb. Is that fair? Yeah.
0: And here, man, I will say this. I'll, I'll preach this to choir. He can call me. I'd love to have him on the show. And if I'm wrong about every step of the way, if he just found himself in a scary, deep, shameful hole when it came to money and he just kept digging and the hole kept getting bigger, I've sat with those guys. And that happens. That's true. And he hated who he'd become. He was ashamed of himself. And then he found somebody at work that laughed at his jokes and suddenly... He's sharing stuff and confiding in somebody else. It's not his wife because his wife is a callback to hell. That happens. That, those two things happen. They happen with some regularity. And I'm not going to beat somebody up for those moments, but we got to take some radical action to change them. But what you're telling me is something that sounds different. Fair?
2: Yes. Why are there tears coming?
5: Because, I mean, that's exactly how I feel. I mean, I feel like he just thinks that I'm stupid and that he can just keep, you know, getting away with things. But then also I know that, like, there, when I got diagnosed, there was, like, a big shift in our
2: relationship.
0: You know why he thinks that? He can get
2: away with things? Why does he think that, one? He did for so long I guess I don't know yeah because he can because he can
0: and he'll just delete the messages and when you find the deleted messages he'll call you crazy and you're nuts and then you're exhausted and you got two kids and the thought of anything disruptive at this point is just too it's just too much and so I guess I'm just crazy I'm just gonna go into the next day and first it was the refi, and then it was the trip to Austin. And then it was the, hey, let's buy some land. And it's just going to keep coming up and coming up and coming up. And at some point, someone's got to turn the lights on, turn off the music and say, the dance is over. I need to know some, the truth. we got to be adults. we got to talk. we got to be honest. Let's just get this all out of here. So if I'm you, thankfully he agreed to go to, to marriage counseling. Hopefully it's not just a perfunctory deal to get you off his back. Hopefully he's actually interested in healing this marriage. I would say those, that the things you've just told me, here's the things that over the course of our marriage, feel like you're not telling me the truth and you've made me feel crazy for calling, throwing a flag on him. I've got to know the truth. And it may be that I want to see all the financial records. I want to see every expenditure, all of them. it may be i want to get every single text message you've sent and all the emails and all of this the whatsapp and all the signal i wanted to get all the conversation and also when i got diagnosed you started treating me differently now i feel less than let's get to the bottom of it let me just say this i don't think you're crazy lynn i think you've ignored that voice in your chest for so long and now she's screaming at you we're not safe we're not safe we're not safe we're not safe maybe for the first time in a long time let's listen to that voice let me know how the uh trip with the cat to the conversation with the counselor goes and i'll walk with you every step of the way thanks for your call thanks for being brave we'll be right back hey what's up deloney here listen you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the 6 daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, as we wrap up today's show, listen Here's like the meta theme of today's show. Trust yourself. If something feels sideways. If something feels off, you're probably not crazy. And if you've had some seasons in the past when you trusted yourself and you kind of threw a fit about things and you were off, um, call a trusted friend and just pretend you're talking to me and just rattle some things off in a row. And They may look at you and say, "Uh, have you heard what you've said? And they may be right. Most of you aren't as dumb as people treat you. All right, as we wrap up today's show, um, listen. This is my 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 call, Mark Slaughter. You live in my neighborhood. You live here in Tennessee, in Asheville, Franklin. Come be on my show, man. You're one of my one of my heroes. Please. <laughs> I will make sure Kelly is at arm's distance from you at all times. Um,
4: I'll sit behind the glass. I'm good. I'll sit here on the other side of the glass.
0: (laughs) Please come be on our show. Um, I loved your your band growing up. You're one of my faves. And now you're one of my neighbors. So let's do this. Let's do this, Mark Slaughter. All right, the song. One of the greatest songs ever written. Ever. It's from the great band Slaughter. And the song is called Flight of the Angels. And it goes like this. Pictures of you. Ah, they're still on my mind. You had this smile that could light up the world now when it rains it seems the sun never shines and i drive down this lonely lonely road i got this feeling girl that i gotta let you go because now you've got to fly high fly to the angels heaven awaits your heart and flowers bloom in your name you know how often i use that line mark oh that's incredible flowers bloom in your name come on man that's just fantastic You got to fly to the angels and all the stars in the night shine in your name. Oh, my gosh. They don't write poetry like that anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, we'll see you soon. Stay in school. Don't do drugs.